Revival Explosion Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. But we have been alive for so long, but the enemy has been around for thousands of years. That means that he knows how to play the game very well, actually, because it works. For him but the thing is i realized something when once i learn how he plays i can just like learn how i can play and how i can exert authority over him and actually not not live life as a victim but dominate him in every area and it's possible i was sharing on sunday that if we don't know something is available we'll never have the faith for it yeah how many, how many know for example when you're sick if you believe that god wants you sick you have no faith to pray for healing. How can you pray for something you don't know it's available to you? I remember a friend of mine in Brazil. He was, he was very young and he was praying for the sick. And um, one lady came to her, him and said, you know, I got, a, I got a tumor right here. I want you to pray for me. He said, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. And he was uh, very, I think it was like 22. And he was very on fire for God and really really on fire for praying for people and and the lady said i got this uh, tumor right here but um uh i i want you to pray for me she said okay i'm gonna pray for you now and then and then she said uh, but i want to before you pray i want to share something i believe that god uh put this tumor right here to teach me something and and then there's something that is going on because god did this and he said really you believe that god did this he said yeah i do i said okay i'm gonna pray for you and then and then, and then she closed her eyes and, and he said, I'm going to pray for you. He said, Lord, I thank you for this tumor. I pray you bless it in Jesus' name. Let it grow. And then he's, she's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, wait a minute. You said that God did this, so I, I can't go against God. Amen. How many know what I'm, what I'm saying? If you say that God is doing this, then, then I, I want to I come in agreement with what God is doing. And he said, stop. Don't pray that. And he said, you see how it sounds? You say that God did this. And then when I say, bless it, Lord, let it grow and multiply your work. And then you say, no, I don't want that. And he said, see how, how, it, how it twists your mind? And when you think that God wants such things for you, then there's no faith there. But then she, she, she realized and said, you know what? Just pray for this thing to go. And, and so he said, I curse this storm in the name of Jesus Christ. And he prayed and it was gone. And the lady was super happy. What do I mean by that? I mean that some things that we go in life, we believe it's God sending it, but it's just the enemy. The Bible says the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I'm telling you what, the problem with many Christians is this. They are dealing with a full-time professional devil and they are like part-time Christians who come to church once a week and they barely know anything from the Word of God and they don't know how to fight the enemy. And that's why the enemy has, has victories in some battles because he's been doing this for thousands of years, dealing with so many human beings around the world, uh, all kinds of people, all kinds of socio-economical status, amen. And he's been dealing with people, and especially in the area of the mind. And then when you don't know the Word of God and then you can walk in victory and have victory and walk in authority and dominion over Him, you're going to fall prey. Why? Because you can only go as far as your revelation knowledge of the Word goes. 
you go where you what did Jesus say you shall know what come on somebody reading the Bible here you shall know and the truth will it is not truth that sets you free L let me explain okay before you say I'm speaking something wrong you go to any hotel in America pretty much there's a there's a Gideon Bible there you go to some houses there's a Bible open in Psalms 23 or Psalms 91 the Bible is dusty and you know has never been opened like except like once a year maybe some people come to church on Christmas Day or Easter but anyway the Bible is there the truth is right here but it's not the truth that sets you free the truth that you know you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free so it's not just a matter of the truth it's a, the truth that you know and so that's why uh, when I speak about the devil I say I mean people have no clue what weapons he uses and then they're like being beat up by the enemy and they're like why well, wonder why I'm going through that maybe God is doing it. like listen much of what people go through it's not God sending them something is that the enemy Jesus said this um, he said this uh, there was one lady that was bent over in the book of Luke and he said I'm gonna set this daughter of Abraham free whom the devil has been binding her for 18 years he didn't say whom the whom my father has been blessing her for 18 years with that ailment he said whom Satan has been binding her and I'm gonna set her free in my name in my power I'm gonna set her free in other words there are things that people go go through where there's a demon afflicting your life and then you wonder like I wonder why I'm going through this it's psychological it's and I'm not I'm not saying that everything is the devil okay I, I'm not that type of Christian that says you know there's a there's a devil in every inch of your home or or everything you do there's a devil behind it I'm not like that at all however I've realized that there are some people who um, um, believe nothing is the enemy and that's what the devil likes because imagine you're an invisible enemy and everything you do is not noticed. It's the perfect environment to act. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The number one thing you got to understand about the enemy is that he's not dumb. Smart. Serpent was cunning. What does that mean? Smart. Uh, knowing how to act and knowing how to... Uh, he's been observing your life for a long time. You're like, really me? Why am I that important? Because he just hates humans be human beings. Period. Why? Because the Bible says God created man and woman in the image of God. And so he just, he, every time he sees you, he just sees like, man, there's so much potential in this guy. I, I need to destroy his life before he finds out. The thing is, you can t it, it, when you find out your purpose and your mission on the earth, it's like, devil, you came too late. You're defeated in Jesus' name. Amen. I know my place. I know my authority. I know that without Christ, I, I'm no match to you, but I'm in Christ now. I am with him. I got his authority. I got his Holy Spirit. That's why I'm stronger than you now in Jesus' name. So the first thing that I understand, he's very cunning. He's observant. 
So the, the number one way that the enemy, I'm going to give you some, some things that if you want to write it down, it's going to be really helpful. The number one the enemy attacks, he first observes. Have you ever seen thieves in how many like some type of movies or um, like action movies or this type of movies? Have you ever seen a thief working in the same pattern? He first observes the victim, sometimes for a long time. And then once they learn the pattern, the times that the person goes out, what time they leave their house, if they're working, traveling, whatever, they know everything, then they can attack. How many know that to be true? That's how the enemy works. He's been observing you. He's been observing what are your flaws? What are your weak points? Like he, 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 maybe you have a temper. I mean, nobody here has a temper. Everybody's like got angel's wings on the back. So holy. Amen. But uh, maybe you have a temper. You just get irritated easily. And I'm telling you, the devil even get, gets preachers with that. Because sometimes you got you to gotta have some nerves when you're preaching out there. I'm like, man, sometimes I get irritated. I'm like, oh, I'm holding myself. You got the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious. I've been to some situations. I'm like, man, I'm going to say something. And I was like, no, Jesus, help me. And anyway, but the devil knows how to push your buttons. He knows if you're anxious. He knows if you have a tendency to be fearful. Some people are just naturally inclined to be pessimistic, to be fearful. Oh, you know, I got some pain here. It's cancer. Oh my goodness. I got to look on Google and then search what, what is this problem right here. How many have done that? <laughs> you go on Google and then there's the worst thing, right? On the first search, it's just the first, oh, you got this disease. And man, and then they was like, yeah, you have it. You're going to die. And so the devil knows your nature. He knows how you function. He knows your temper. He knows your weak points. He knows your temptations. He knows your, uh, what you like to do in the world. Let's say if you like to drink a lot in the world, you're getting hammered drunk every weekend. And then you get saved. You get born again. I don't have to be a prophet to understand how the devil is going to try to tempt you. Man, I'm going to offer him some alcohol because if he falls for it, then I get all the rest. I just go for what is easy. That's how the enemy works. He, he's been observing your life. And I'm, I don't mean by that just to scare you, but just for you to know that you're being observed. But God is also observing you, amen? And He knows how to help you through His Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm going away for your benefit so you can have my Spirit who's going to be your teacher, your guide, who will teach you all things. Amen. And so the enemy observes. And number two, what else does the enemy do? Uh, and he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? He put a question mark. God said, don't eat out of the fruit of this tree. Right? And it's funny because some people say, how can that be that a tree will produce something, an effect on your body? That's so childish. I've heard people say that. Well, I, I, I don't think they, they know so much because there are some trees that produce some effects on our lives today, like cocaine, amen, a, a, a marijuana. If you get some marijuana and cocaine into you, there'll be some major effect. Amen. There'll be some hallucinations and major effects that you get from that plant. So what's the big deal about the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil that had some effect on the man's uh, body? 
and the perception of it. I mean, if you get a lot of cocaine, your perception will definitely change. If you get the fruit of the uh, tree, uh, knowledge of good and evil, your, their perception did change. What did God say? Don't eat it! When you eat it, you shall surely die. And what did, that, what did the devil say? And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He put a question mark where God put a period. God said, that's it, don't eat it. The devil said, has God indeed said this? I don't think he meant what he said. It's happening today. People say, I don't think the Bible means what it says. No, I, I'm telling you, it means exactly what it says. I don't believe the hell is literal, you know? It's just like, it's, it's just a metaphor. No, it's not. Jesus didn't say it was a metaphor. He didn't mean that. He, he spoke about hell more than he, he did about heaven. Uh, people try to change the Bible as the devil, trying to change the Bible to make it softer in a way. Oh, we shouldn't scare people. It's not about scaring people. It's about telling them the truth. You got to love people enough to tell them the truth. If you love people, you're going to tell them the truth, period. Amen. So the enemy, what does he do? Number one, he observes. Number two, he comes to tempt you. What? How, how does he tempt you? Did God really mean that? I don't think he did. He's just playing you. If you have a calling from God, I mean, the enemy has done that with me. Did, do you think they're really going to do this? You're just crazy. Travel the nations. I mean, when I was beginning, it's like, with what money are you going to do that? And I'm like, it's not my money, but God's going to send the money because He gave the word. And, 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 and God provides for wherever He guides. Where God guides, He provides. Amen? How many believe that? Amen? So, uh, I really had to fight some things on my mind because the enemy was trying to put a question mark on my calling. I had to say, no. I believe what God said. He, he did mean what He said and He's going to do what He said He's going to do. You know what faith is? Faith is believing that God is going to do what He said He would do. That's what faith is. God told you He's going to bless you. You can count on it. God said He's going to protect you. You can count on it. God said He's going to provide for you. You can count on it. God said He's going to heal, it, heal you. You can count on it. The enemy said, did God really say that? Yes, he did, and I believe it. The problem is, Eve had no roots on his heart, on her heart. And the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat the tree of the, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die." Verse four. Then the serpent said to the woman, "You will sh not surely die." First, the devil came with a question mark. Then, you know what? what's next? Number, the, the next step was completely deny the Word of God. What did he do? The first, put doubt. Where God says faith, the enemy comes to sow unbelief. I've seen so many Christians that are so on fire for God at first. I believe the Lord. The first trial that they have, the enemy says, Did God really say that? And you're like, Oh, I don't know. And then he says, He didn't. The next step is, he first he introduces unbelief. Then once you just like, Yeah, 
maybe not. And he's like, oh yeah, you believe me. Boom! He comes with a complete lie and denial of the Word of God. Does it sound like a pattern for you? This pattern right here is still happening today in people's lives. What, they, what the devil did with Eve, he's still doing with people. The, the thing is, it's not the fruit of the tree anymore. But it's maybe your life calling, maybe your purpose, maybe your mission, maybe uh, the promise that God has for you or everything God spoke to you about. And then, and then you're like, yeah, so excited. Yeah, that shall happen. And the, the devil says, did God really say that? like maybe not and then says he did not say oh but Hermes I think that was in the book of Genesis he's not doing that anymore ask Jesus Matthew chapter 4 in the wilderness what the devil did what did the devil do let me remember that the wilderness Jesus comes first before the wilderness heavens were open Jesus baptized the voice of the father spoke this is my son. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to sound deep now. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Everybody heard that beautiful voice. And then everybody's like, wow. And then the Holy Spirit came as a dove. No questions asked. I mean, you got a supernatural manifestation, like the heavens were open, the voice of the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit came as a dove. What else do you want? What else do you want? So, sometimes God blesses you so much. He speaks. He does so many wonderful things with your life. And you're like, I don't know if God wants to bless me. I'm like, come on. Seriously. Just have some faith. Amen. And, and, and so Jesus went to the wilderness. And what happened next? He fasted for 40 days. And then the Bible says after that he was hungry. Then the Bible says the tempter. That's one of his names. Tempter. What tempter? A tempter brings temptation. That's simple. What temptation? Always, listen to me now, always, always to cause you to doubt what God has said. Always, always. You say, but that's so simple, that's so easy. Yeah, but he's still doing it, he's still working. It sounds so simple, that's why people fall for it. Did God really say that? He's still doing that. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? I don't think he did. And then once you begin to entertain that, what is doubt? It is when you entertain a thought that has nothing to do with, with the will of God. Do you think that people commit suicide just as an overnight thing? You know what? I just woke up with a desire to kill myself. I'm going to do it now. Or do you believe it is a work that happens through months and years sometimes of the devil trying to convince them, yeah, you're not worth it, nobody likes you, you're not loved, God does not love you anymore, and blah, 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 and then all the excuses in the world that you can imagine. And then, you know what, I got a solution for you. Maybe you just should kill yourself. And then that's how people do it. It's a process. But that process begins with a seed. The enemy wants to plant a seed in your mind, a seed of unbelief. But I've come here tonight to plant a seed of faith into your heart that God is going to do in your life everything He promised and all the promises that are written in the Bible are for you as a believer. Two people believe that. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Two people believe. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. I'm just joking with you, okay? Take it easy and relax. Amen. Hallelujah. Number one, the devil observes. I'm not going to preach that long because I want to pray for you. The devil observes you. He's not playing around. He is a psychologist. He's got a PhD in psychology. Seriously. He's been studying you. Your reactions, your thoughts. Like he, you say, but the devil cannot know my thoughts. Yes, but I'm telling you, I, as a human being, sometimes I know people so well, I know what they're thinking. Even I'm not saying the gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God can show you what people are thinking. The gift of the Holy Spirit is like, man, like this guy's thinking this. I'm like, yeah, amen. You're thinking this. And like, yeah, how do you know? The Holy Spirit showed me. But but I'm not talking about that. Sometimes you as a person, you know, because you've been experienced enough, when someone's thinking, you know someone well enough, maybe your wife, your husband, you know their face. You make that face, I know what you're thinking. What, what am I thinking? And then you can say, and it's true. Why? Because you learn that person so much, you've been with that person for so long, and you just can catch even the, the thoughts by the facial expressions. Don't you think the devil is that smart too? He knows what's like, and he even throws the thoughts at you. He's like, yeah. The Bible mentions about fiery darts of the enemy. What do you think these fiery darts are? They're just invisible flames of fire, like darts that just like come and you're like, oh my goodness, I felt that. No, these are thoughts that come into your mind. And the Bible says we can extinguish every fiery dart from the enemy. Not just one of them or some. We can overcome all of them. Some people don't like when, when they preach like this. It's like, what, what are you talking about? You have no problems. That's not what I mean. I mean is that uh, 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 you can be in the lion's den, but, you're, but God is there with you. You can be in the pit like Joseph was, but God was right there in the pit with him. You can be like Paul and Silas in the pit, in jail, but God was there with him in the pit, in the jail. In whatever you're going through right now, God is right there with you. Come on and somebody can say amen. Hallelujah. So the enemy observes. The enemy tempts you. What, what does that mean? Number two, he tempts you. He will put a question mark where God has put an exclamation mark. God sometimes says this about you. You're called by God. You're going to preach the gospel. Then he was like, did God really mean that? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your life. I'm going to prosper your business. I'm going to prosper your, your, your missionary calling. I'm going to give you direction in life. Then he was like, oh, really? Did God really mean what he said? And then, and then if you're not grounded in the word, you're like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not. And then, and then he'll give you his solution. What did he tell Jesus? If you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't God say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased? What does have to come and say, if you're the son of God? Not if, I am. If you're the son. And then, and then he was not satisfied. He came a second time. Showed um, this mountain and he said, and throw yourself from here because it is written. He will even use the Bible. He knows how to quote scriptures. He knows the Bible better than you do. Throw yourself down from here because it is written. The angels will catch you if you fall. And your foot will not touch any stone. You shall be fine. 
then <laughs> I'm just paraphrasing the Bible now. He didn't say you shall be fine, but he said, your foot will not strike any stone. He says, it is written. And then Jesus, knowing his temptation, said, oh, yeah, it is also written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And then he's not satisfied. That's another characteristic of the devil. He's very persistent. So whenever you get a breakthrough, you're like, man, I feel so blessed today. My goodness, that church was powerful. I'm so happy. Hallelujah. The devil's going to make you really. I'm going to see how long that's going to last. I'm going to come and tempt him again. And I want to see if he, he, he'll withstand my temptation. That's, what, that's how he does. And then the third time he came and showed all the kingdoms of the world. And he said this to Jesus. Let's make a deal. You just bow down and worship me. And all of this is going to be yours. You know, the, the interesting thing is that Jesus didn't say, you're lying, devil. You're lying. He didn't say that. Because at that particular moment, I mean, the kingdom of this world belongs to Satan. And even now, uh, what, what does Paul call him? The God of this world with little g. Why? It means he's got some power and some control to a certain degree in the world. Where do you think all these wars come from and all these um, terrible things that happen? Amen? When man sinned, he gave the dominion and, and, and authority to the devil. When, he, when you obey whatever he's telling you to do and you obey, you submit yourself to that. Amen? So he gave the authority to Satan. <laughs> and Satan said this, just bow and worship me. What did Jesus say? No, it is, also, it is written, devil. Thou shalt worship, love, and worship the Lord your God only, and serve Him only. Get away from me, Satan. And the devil's like, man, I gotta go. The moment you knock the door on his face, like the devil comes like, try to tempt you, number one. Boom! How do you, how do you respond? The word. It is written. Number two, the temptation. Throw yourself, it is written. But it is also written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Boom! Number three, oh, just bow down and worship me. No, boom. What, what happened? The Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he's going to keep tempting you. Resist the devil and what, what's going to happen next? He shall what? So you know why some people are tormented day after day? Oh my goodness the Bible says the devil shall flee from me yeah really yes but you're not resisting you're not resisting you're just you're, you're just agreeing with the devil you're just hugging the devil it's like come here yes I want to hear what you have to say tell me tell me I want to hear it let's talk about it it may sound stupid I don't do that with the devil but you do you do with a thought pattern you do yeah, devil, that sounds good. <laughs> Our friends from Fairfax have just come. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. We were at their church. When was that? Two months ago? 
Yeah, two months ago we were ministering for effects at our church. Linda was there too, right? So what does that? I I I, I want to close in a moment because I don't know. Are you are you guys fine? Give five more minutes. Yes. How many give five more minutes? I got five here. Ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. Then we're good. <laughs> I mean, I could preach. I, I was teaching about this in our school one time, and I taught for four hours. So I, I can really talk about this subject. Amen. But wh why is it? Because I'm passionate about seeing people free. At one point in my life, I was very depressed, and I needed these truths, and they changed my life. And I was like reading the Bible. I'm like, man, I'm just so mad at the devil right now. If I could just see him physically, I'd just punch him. Because there has to be a point in your life where you say, enough is enough. I've had it. I'm done with the devil. Aren't you tired of being tormented, oppressed, depressed, and the devil just laughing at your face when Jesus paid for your freedom? And you're like, man, I, I, some Christians are like, I'm tormented. You're tormented because you're not resisting. The moment you submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you the problem is you're not resisting you're agreeing amen don't lend your mind to the devil how do i lend my mind to that when, when you know when there's a thought that is like really weird how many have ever had the experience where you're just walking there's this thought that came into your mind out of the blue really strange and you're like man where what am i thinking how many have ever ever felt that Everybody. <laughs> is this a coincidence? No. The Bible mentions about fiery darts of the enemy that he throws at us. And the moment, and sometimes thoughts that you even think it is you thinking. You're like, man, I'm thinking that. No, you're not. You're just being, you're just being fooled by the devil. He's just playing with your mind and you're believing it. Amen. So he observes, he tempts. What does he do next? If you don't resist, you know what he's going to do next? He's going to oppress you. What is an oppression? What is an oppression? Come on, I feel like I'm in a class now. What is an oppression? Can somebody tell me? What do you understand by the word oppression? Hmm? Repeat it, what? Yeah, oppressive acts. Who else? help me out here that's a good description heavy weight or burden have you ever felt burdened by something so much that it was like even weighing you physically you're like man I'm just like so stressed out right now so oppressed right now I'm telling you like I cannot even smile or I cannot even go out anywhere I'm just like I want to be in my room in the dark Have you ever felt that way? Yeah? Or anger. How many have ever outbursts of anger? Like, oh man, if I see that person, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> or you're like throwing stuff in your house. I mean, you look like me, like I'm speaking like something crazy that is like out of this world so far out there. I mean, it never happened with somebody, anybody here. I'm serious. I've seen, I've seen so much. 
People get angry to just like punch the wall. Like, ah, boom, boom. I had a friend of mine one time, he, he, he was arguing with his girlfriend so much that he's like, there was a drywall. He was so angry, he just started kicking the wall. And there was a big hole in the wall. And I came to his apartment, like, what's going on? What's, what is it here? Oh, I was so angry, just started kicking the wall. I'm like, what in the world? The Bible talks about wrath and anger. There's a spirit of anger, a spirit of hatred. I, some of you heard this story. I was in Finland at one point, and I remember I was in this worship service. We're singing. I mean, I mean, we were singing, but they were singing in Finnish. I was like pretending I was understanding everything. I was like, yeah, amen, hallelujah. But, um, <laughs> but they were singing, and it was beautiful, beautiful presence of God. And then I see this guy, he's really tall, really built, go, like goes to gym like every day, you know what I mean? Like, poof. Yeah. And, then, and then I see this guy, he's got his hands raised. And the Lord told me, go to him and tell him he wants to kill somebody and tell him not to do it because I don't, I don't want him to do it. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to do that, Lord. I mean, this is a church. You know, sometimes you think like, oh, it's church. It's, it's holy. Oh, yeah, it's holy. But there are so many issues in the church. There are uh, people who are oppressed spirits of anger, hatred, suicide, murder, uh, oppression, uh, desire to do evil in the church. Where does it come from? Surely not from you. It's from a demonic realm, demonic spirit. Hermes, I don't believe that. I mean, look at the ministry of Jesus. He spent like one third of his time casting out devils. And I've seen so many, I mean, people try to convince me, oh, this is not real, man. I've seen so many demons, you don't believe it. I've seen people just jump on the floor and, and come like a snake. People, I mean, and sometimes Christians will just throw up and they'll be like, man, what's going on here? You know what happens? They are so, being so oppressed by the enemy. There's a physical manifestation. And, and, and I'm not the kind of guy, for example, who are just like, no, let's turn the lights off. You're gonna feel, you're gonna vomit, you're gonna throw up right now. And I'm, I don't do that kind of stuff. We're just like praying for people and then they naturally just throw up and I'm not even talking about it. But anyway, God told me, go and tell this guy that he's planning a murder. Tell him right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not telling this. And the Lord said, go and do it. And I'm like, no, go do it. The third time is like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I'm gonna go and ask him about it. So I go, I said, translator, come here, please. I wouldn't want to be the translator. I said, sir, um, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. I was like, close your eyes. So he closed his eyes. He got always spiritual on me. I'm like, wow, he's so holy right now. But I said, um, the Lord told me. That's what I told him. I didn't even ask him. Said, the Lord told me that you're planning to kill somebody. And does not want you to do it. The moment I said that, I, and, and then she was like, look at me like, what? Because I didn't tell her. I said, I didn't tell her, like, I'm going to tell this guy who wants to kill somebody. Because it's like, no. And I said, and she's like, 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 are you sure you want to say this? I was like, come on, just say it. And she was like, in Finnish. And then the moment that that was translated, he just, ah, crying. He was like red. And then I said, it's true then, right? And then he said, yeah, yes, it is true. And then the moment I said, can I pray for you? Just cast this thing out of you. And then he says, sure. The moment I laid my hands on his, on his forehead, 
this guy, I'm telling you, like he was a big guy. He became so angry, so angry that his veins were like popping out like on his neck and, and his, his fist was like this, like, oh! And I'm like, whoa, in the name of Jesus, come out! I mean, if I was not sure about my standing with God, I would be like done on that day because that guy was, number one, like physically he was huge. And he got so angry. And then I said, spirit of murder, spirit of anger, come out of him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. So I cast that thing out and that man just fell on the ground. And when he got up, he was completely free. He was like crying so much and he was repenting of allowing these thoughts to come into his mind in his mind and he was entertaining that thought to the point that he was going to do it don't entertain thoughts that you know it comes from the enemy you as a believer know when something is not right you know when the thought process is not correct you know what it comes don't tell me i don't know yes you know you can discern good from evil i don't know any no you know you're not three years old i mean even my niece she's three years old he can know what what is good and what is bad I didn't know if that was evil. <sighs> and you know what is good and what is evil. The moment you begin to entertain the devil, that's what he's waiting for. He's oppressing you. What is oppressing you? He's attacking you so much that you feel the heavy weight on your shoulder. I've prayed for people when they have this weight so much on their shoulders. You can just like, they can just walk like this. Heavy, cloudy, gloomy, pessimistic bitter destructive toxic oh it's a devil don't say that Hermes yes I say it because it's the truth I've prayed for people they are so much like that so the influence so uh, you say but they are, he's a Christian yes so what just because you're a Christian does not give you the right to open the door for the enemy. Paul was telling in Ephesians, he said, Give no room for the devil. In other translation, says, Give the devil no foothold. In other words, it mean, he was not writing there for unbelievers because unbelievers are already in the hands of the devil. He was not writing there for non-Christians. He was writing there to Christians. He said, Give no foothold for the devil the moment you begin to allow then there's oppression and what you know what the next step is something called obsession like what is obsession Hermes come, come on can somebody help me out here I'm almost done he gave me five more minutes that's what happens but <laughs> can you give me an, what is an obsession what do you understand about that word Obsession. Yes. Compulsion. Constantly dwelling on something. Anybody else? Help me out. When I say obsession, man, this person is obsessed with that. What, what happened? What, what, what do you understand about that? They're stuck on it. So what is obsession? It's a greater level than oppression. Obsession is when you're not just being attacked, you're just like, dwelling on it 24-7. I've seen people that they go crazy on something, they can only talk about that. Oh, what about this? Oh, 
going through this problem right now, okay? And you meet them after one day, hey, how, is, it, is it going better now? No, I'm going through this right now. And, and then the next day and the next Sunday you show up and then one year from, from now you show up and you're like, well, I'm dealing with this, I'm in the wilderness, okay? It's still. Well, I'm going through this right now. You're just obsessed and you don't know it. Repeated thought patterns that it's like um like a fan over you and you're like man yeah i mean this is a greater level it's not just a temptation what's number one i, mean, I want to see if you guys following that teaching observation that one i mean he's gonna observe you for i mean until you're going to heaven so just look at me devil you can look but you're you just go away in jesus name amen um, observation number two temptation number three oppression number four obsession how many are getting something out of this amen what is obsession when you're repeatedly thinking about a subject over and over again you can't just get moved past that you can't get over it yeah you know when I was five years old and I've seen that so much when I was five years old this happened and blah blah and I understand how many know Joyce Meyer a powerful teacher of the Word of God and do you know her I know her story her testimony she was abused by her father and, and she had major difficulties and I was seeing a clip from her not too long ago she said if I overcame everything that I have overcome and God set me free through his word and his power don't tell me that you cannot be free if God did it for me he can do it for you amen and so uh, I believe there was a point in her life where she said, okay, enough is enough. I'm not going to be rehearsing what the devil did to me when I was a kid. I mean, that happened. That was bad. That was evil. That was terrible. I was abused. But okay, there has to be a point of complete freedom. Otherwise, the gospel is not true. Yeah, but the devil. Yeah, yeah, whatever devil. Hey, but the demon. Yeah, I don't care some people that's why sometimes i cannot just follow certain ministries because when it comes to deliverance you're never free you got to pay a hundred bucks more to another course and then like yeah you still have some demons left and, and then okay one year from now you got you got some more demons and and you annoy you you know i've seen ministers just like you get fully naked and they anoint you and stuff like that i've seen that crazy things and then so i'm serious like just take your clothes off i'm gonna annoy you oh you Shut up and go get a job in Jesus name seriously I'm sorry I get upset about this kind of stuff amen because I know better there's a, a level in God where you can live in complete freedom it's not that you're not gonna have a problem at trying to get to you but it's a it's a level where you can say okay I got this issue going on right now but I'm not gonna allow this to disturb my freedom in Christ the Bible says that we can have the peace that surpasses all understanding Amen. So obsession is when you there's a repeated thought pattern. You wake up and then here's the devil like, hey. And then you go to lunch and it feels like a demon sitting next to you is like telling like, hey, I'm going to tell you something. It's the same thing. And then at night, you have nightmares. And you wake up, man, where does this dream come from? How many ever faced that in your life? Like, man, I'm just having this thought pattern. Can't just get past that. Seriously. 
you know what that is? It's an obsession. You got to get free. The devil tried to convince that that's normal. That, that's how life is. No, that's not. Or they know, you know, Pastor, I found out that life is like this. No, it's not. Life in God is not like that. That's what the devil wants to convince you. That's life, Pastor. No, it's not. That's life in the demonic. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. He didn't say, I come to give you life, but the devil's going to oppress you for the rest of your life. No. You got to get angry at the enemy. There's one person that you can hate with all your passion. It's called the devil. Channel your anger towards him and you're going to be fine. When that relative is getting on your nerves, know there's a demonic spirit. The Bible says, our fight is not against flesh or blood. Remember, there's a spirit influence in that one. Our fight is not against flesh or blood, but against principalities and powers. Amen? So remember this. Your, your boss is not the problem. <laughs> your brother, your sister is not the main issue. There's a demonic spirit working on that family sometimes. Amen? And, then, and, the, and the last one, and if you give me five more minutes, I'm going to finish, but I'm kidding five number five demonic possession so there's a pattern that the enemy follows I'm gonna is this being recorded I'm gonna have that on podcast so you can just like listen again and then you can really grab a hold of that because what I'm what I'm trying to do here tonight is expose how the enemy works and what are the steps to it because it's not an overnight thing. It's, it's, it's sometimes a lifelong battle where the enemy is trying to do all these steps with you. But you got to stop at number one. You say, no, you know what? You can observe. But I'm going to pray the Lord makes you blind. I'm going to rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, blind the devil. You're going to say, I curse the eyes of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And make him blind in Jesus' name. I curse the eyes of the enemy against your life. Every attack, every oppression, every plan, every assignment, every work of the devil against your life, against your family, against your ministry. I curse in the name of Jesus Christ. Sorry. I curse in the name of Jesus Christ. That the, let, Father, let the eyes of the enemy be blinded in Jesus' name. And number five is possession. What does it mean? When a person is constantly obsessed about something, there comes a point where there's a, such a mingling between what the devil is doing and what the person is thinking that their thought pattern become one. And then the devil says, you know what? I'm just going get, to get into that person. Possess him or her. How many have ever seen demon possessed people? It's not, it's not something nice to behold. I saw that when I was a teenager. And I mean, later on, you hear some preacher saying, This is not true. No, I'm seeing it with my own eyes, like right in front of my face. I remember one time I was in this church, I was 16 years old, and I would pray for people, and I would be in their prayer team praying for people. And I remember they saying, come here to this room. There's a guy who's demon possessed. And this church had this bench, like long bench, like the Catholic church, like wooden bench, really heavy. This guy is like a, a tiny guy, like very short, very skinny. He grabs this, this bench 
like with with one hand he goes like this I'm like what is going on here like he got supernatural strength he was like totally demon possessed I mean you you see this is not possible how can a tiny guy I mean really skinny he got so much strength he got I'm not talking about like this a chair like this I'm talking about a, a long wooden bench he, he grabbed this like oh, I'm angry I'm like what but Jesus said I have given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the work of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you that's what Jesus said Luke chapter I, and, and I'm gonna be done I, I was gonna talk more about this but we don't have time for it leave it for the next time amen but how many are, are getting something out of this teaching amen is it helping somebody no, it, didn't, it didn't sound too convincing but anyway it's gonna help somebody in the podcast amen <laughs> Luke chapter 10 just read that scripture for me then I'm gonna pray and I'll what is the message about Pastor Hermes overcoming these strategies of the enemy? What are these strategies of the enemy? Number one, observation. Number two, come on, help me out. Number three. Number four. Number five. Yeah. You got it. But it, thank God it does not stop there because otherwise, like, man, the devil got all these weapons. But I'm telling you what, you got, you got authority over all of that all put together Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says when you get there say amen behold I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over some power of the enemy that's what the Bible say over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In other words, Jesus said, I'm giving this authority, but it's not just for you to be like, oh man, I got authority over evil spirits. There's something greater than that. Your names are written in heaven. You're saved. That's, that's be something for you to rejoice about. And you as a believer, you have authority to overcome. Some people say, you know, I'll wait for the pastor to pray for me. I mean, just go and pray yourself. Go to your house. If you're feeling oppressed, open up your mouth and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I curse every work of the devil, every demonic spirit. I reject, renounce out of my life. The devil doesn't like when we, we open up our mouths. That's why I say sometimes, like, open up your mouth and praise God. People are like, come on, open up your mouth. Say, Jesus. People like, what are you saying? I'm saying open up your mouth. Because the Bible says, and I, I like to joke like that, so don't get offended, please. Uh, but, <laughs> but Proverbs, it says that, that, that there's power of life and death. Where? In the mind? In the tongue. So you got to use it. God gave the tongue so you can use it. Power of life and power of? use it don't be like in your mind amen that's good no open up your mouth and say in the name of jesus amen hallelujah come on 
You, you used to open up your mouth so much in the world for everything, for bars, for parties, for, for clubs. You open up your mouth and just say stuff. Now that you're a Christian, you're like, open up your mouth and praise God. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we're in the bars, it's 3 a.m. Like, man, it's early. It's early. It's early now. Man, it was so good. When you're at church, it's 9 p.m. Oh, my goodness, it's so late. This pastor is crazy. It's a Tuesday night and he's still preaching. Come on. <laughs> Why is that? Open up your mouth. Oh, sometimes you have to renounce whatever you said before. Because some of you have lent your mouth to the devil without knowing it. You're like, I, I, I will not have anything. I'm good for nothing. Yeah? I see that you're going to be really blessed saying that. I'm just such a failure. Yeah? And then you say, wow, I don't know why I'm not blessed. I know why. And the devil knows why too. And he's using whatever you said to empower against yourself. Some of you are working against yourselves. And you don't know it. I'm so broke. I'm always broke. I'm always going to be poor. Yeah, and then, and then you wonder why you're not blessed. You, you don't need to be smart to realize it. Nothing works out for me. Nothing is good for me. Yeah. It's not going to change if you keep saying that. Your complaining does not change anything. It actually gets worse. You know what you need to do when you feel like complaining? Just shut your mouth. Be quiet. Don't, don't give your mouth to the enemy. The mouth is so important that even salvation comes by what we say. The Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be? Wait a minute, I thought you just, just believe. No, you believe and you confess with your mouth. For with the with the heart someone believes for salvation and with the mouth you confess unto salvation in your heart you believe but your mouth you speak hallelujah some of you have said words against other people that were mean demonic influenced demonically influenced when you have a spouse for example and you say things that are so mean and terrible at each other don't you think that the enemy is just watching there you're like oh that's so beautiful no he's like eh, man i'm gonna work on these words right now because our words they carry spiritual influence and impact the bible says that i'm not making this up your words they have a power of influence your words create an atmosphere around you so therefore be watchful at what you say Whatever you said to your spouse, whatever you said to uh, some, some friend or, or relative that was demonically influenced, the devil is using these words to try to inflict oppression, attacks. So maybe even now you say, like, Pastor Hermes, I realize I've been saying some terrible things against my own life. What do I do now? I've said it already. I, can't, I, cannot, I, cannot, I cannot just pull it back. Remember this. When you say something, you can apologize, but you cannot take the word back. So think about before you say it. 
Because the moment you say, you cannot pull back. You can just say sorry and repent. But you cannot just, just undo what you did. So before you say things, be watchful. Jesus said, every idle word that comes out of your mouth will be held with you in judgment. Every idle word. What does idle mean? Every careless word that you say out of your mouth will be held against you in judgment. Man, that's serious. Watch your big mouth. Amen. God gave us two ears and gave us one mouth for a reason. We should listen more than what we speak. But you may say, Pastor Hermes, I, 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 I see this temptation, this... Come on. Temptation, no, no, observation, temptation, oppression, obsession, possession. I see it and I see that sometimes I'm obsessed. Man, what's going on with me? I came here to tell you there's freedom and deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you say, Pastor Herman, I've said words that were hurtful, that were bad. Demonically influenced. There's repentance. You can repent. You can turn around and say, Lord, I repent. I renounce these words. And I, I want to say new things in my life for my spouse, for my children, for my family. I want to declare the word of God. There's a way out. You don't need to stay in the pit. You don't need to stay oppressed. You don't need to stay obsessed. You don't need to stay under, under the attack of the enemy. Stand to your feet in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry I went over so long, but I believe it. Bless somebody. Just close your eyes for a moment. I want to pray for you before we go. Maybe you say, Pastor Hermes, I feel that I need deliverance because maybe you said some things that were not good. You, you said out of your mouth, the, um, this is very serious. You say out of your mouth things that were, were damaging against yourself, against your family, against your spouse, against your own home. And then you're, you find yourself oppressed later on. And you're like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? Because what you release out of your mouth is affecting you. And I want to say, there is deliverance for you tonight. You can be free tonight. That's why this is called Night of Freedom. Because we want to see people free from the bondage of the enemy. The devil needs to go. Jesus wants you free. And if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. There's a way out. What is the way out? I'm going to give you the key right now. Repent of that which you said. Repent of, of the thoughts that you allowed in your mind. Say, Lord, cleanse my mind. I don't want. I don't want what the enemy is saying to me. I refuse. I renounce. I reject. I hate this. Until... You get angry enough. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and Building of the Local Church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com. Please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.